This is the Biz News Podcast, one-on-one conversations with experts in business and personal development. Next Level University has no bookstore, classrooms, not even an animal mascot. Instead, it's a daily podcast that has attracted a following of more than three-quarters of a million listeners worldwide. Co-founder Kevin Palmieri says he left a six-figure job to take on podcasting full-time, despite little, if any, initial income from those efforts. Kevin Palmieri joins us for this Biz News interview when he talks about how he gave up a career that he loathed to try the uncertain world of podcasting. Well, let's get everything set for our listeners and our viewers on this podcast by you telling them just a little bit about yourself. Why are you visiting us today? Yeah, so I am Kevin Palmieri. I am the CFO and the co-founder as well as the host of Next Level University, a global top 100 self-improvement podcast. And uh, that's me in a nutshell. I'm here because at the end of the day, Douglas, I just want to add value. And if I can add value and tell my story or share a lesson with somebody and somebody takes something positive away. It's a big win for me. Give us the uh, elevator pitch on what is your university? Where will (laughs) we find the football team, for example? (laughs) Uh, So yeah, the elevator pitch is our belief is heart driven, but no BS holistic self-improvement. That really is kind of our jam. And we say self-improvement in your pocket every single day from anywhere on the planet completely free. So our podcast is seven episodes a week. Every single day, we're in your pocket trying to help you get a little bit better. And uh, what is your business model for this, if I might uh, really probe a little deeper here? (laughs) Yeah. So for us, the podcast is obviously the top of our business model, but below that we have coaching, right? So we're a a service-based business as well as like we do consulting and stuff like that. But we have an app as well. We have group coaching. We have one-on-one coaching. So for us, it was, if people are going to listen to the podcast, some people are going to want to say, hey, how do I get closer to these guys? How do I get more value? How do I get lessons that they have? And it just was logical for us to say, well, we've done a lot of podcast episodes. We might as well start coaching. And what do you coach people in? Hmm. So my business partner coaches high-level businesses, and I coach people on podcasting as well as mindset. Those are really the the two areas that I spend my time. He spends his time consulting with businesses. So it's it's a well-rounded approach. A podcasting and mindset, that that seems like opposite (laughs) ends of the football field. I mean, it kind of is in a way, but you got to think of it this way, right? One of the things I work with when it comes to podcasters is their mindset, right? A lot of people are being held back by themselves in in anything, whether you're an athlete, whether you're a chef, an actor, an actress, a podcaster. So believe it or not, Douglas, it actually goes quite well, better than I I expected. And tell us a couple of your success stories you like to talk to people about. One of them, I, I got reached out to on the internet one time by this young lady named Amy. And Amy said, Kev, I'm so afraid to start conversations. I'm at college. All these people are having these awesome conversations, but I'm so afraid to insert myself and look stupid or say the wrong thing. And I said, all right, Amy, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go to the mall, you and I. I'm going to meet you at the mall because you live close to me. We're going to hug it out, and we're just going to go approach strangers. So we met at the mall. 
we went to Starbucks. We got a coffee because I needed a little liquid courage, a little caffeine courage. And we went into this store that sold these beanbag chairs. And I said, Amy, I want you to go ask them how much it cost. And she's like, no, 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 it's going to be so bad. I said, no, it's going to, I promise you it'll go better than you think. She has a great conversation with the person behind the desk. We go to another store, same thing. We go to another store, same thing. We go to the food court, Douglas, same thing. By the end of it, she's having conversations with people on the escalator and we're getting ready to leave. And for some reason at this mall, there are these motorized zoo animals with wheels that you can rent. So there was like a giraffe, there was a lion, there was a gorilla. I don't know. Interesting business model. I don't, I don't you know. You certainly but... have strange balls in uh, <laughs> New Hampshire. Yes. Yes, we do. So we're getting ready to leave and we're walking past this thing where you can rent these zoo animals. And Amy said, Kev, if we were really brave, if we were really facing our fears, we would rent those things. And Douglas, I'm in the back of my mind. I'm thinking, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to do this. This is terrible. But I have a video of myself and Amy on my phone riding around the, the mall on these, on these zoo animals. After that, she ends up going back to school and she never believed she could. She didn't believe she was smart enough. She got a 3.9 GPA. So I think she did just fine. She ended up moving from a small town in Rhode Island to Nashville, Tennessee, getting her dream job. And now she is on our team and she works with us every single day, helping us on the team. So at one point, somebody who did not believe they could have a conversation with strangers now is on our team and has conversations with strangers quite literally every single day. Now, let's talk a little bit about podcasting, uh, because mm. that's what we're doing right now. Yeah. What got you into it? I was interviewed on a on a YouTube channel about fitness and about mindset and about discipline. And after that interview, which lasted maybe an hour and a half, I said to one of my friends, I said, imagine if you could do that for a living. I can't, I can't believe how fast that went by. I can't, if I could do that every day forever, I would be so happy and so fulfilled. And my buddy said, I mean, there's people out there that do it. So yeah, shortly thereafter, I ended up getting the equipment and then I just wanted to sit down with people and have deep conversations. I didn't, I, truthfully, I did not expect to be where we are today. I didn't reverse engineer all that. I didn't have the business plan. I just wanted to have a conversation much like we're having right now. That's how I got started. And and how did you sustain it? Because there are 85 bazillion <laughs> podcasts out there. How did A, do you sustain it? And B, how do you find viewers and listeners? In the beginning, it very much was sustaining. So I had a six-figure job when I started the podcast. I ended up very miserable debating suicide at one point because of how much I hated my my job and I was out of alignment in my life left that to go all in on podcasting. So when you say, how did you sustain it in the beginning? I sustained it on credit cards and grit pretty much in the very beginning. Eventually it got to the point where I started coaching people for free. I would just reach out to somebody who I knew listened and say, Hey, I'm looking to start some beta coaching. Is that something you'd be interested in? It's totally free. That's how it, it really started. But we, one thing we're really focused on is we're really focused on meeting our community. And all I mean by that is this. I still do all my own social media and I try to send a message to somebody every single day who I know listens to the show. Just a, hey, Douglas, I hope you're well. Hey, Chris, I hope you're well. Hey, Brittany, I hope you're well. Because I think we forget 
that just because somebody was a listener once does not mean they're a listener always. Just because somebody was a customer once does not mean they were they're going to be a customer always. So it's built into our systems to make sure we're building real authentic relationships with people that we know listen. And the the shortest form I can give you is our business model has a lot of opportunities for people to self-identify. All I mean is there is a lot of freak stuff where you can show up and we can say, oh, Douglas, I've I've never seen Douglas before. I didn't know Douglas listened to the show. Interesting. Now we can focus on building a relationship with you. I see. Okay. So uh, how many years have you been at this? I started in April of 2017. So we are, what's that, six years? Yes, pre-COVID. Pre yeah, yeah, pre-COVID, pre yes. Yeah, in the beginning, it was just, again, it was a passion project and we were just trying to figure it out, trying to figure out how to grow, how to make money and how to become better speakers, really. If uh, coaching is the main uh, revenue stream for your company, where does podcast fit in? Is it a loss leader or something else? For us, the podcast is free value. Really? I mean, we have a, we're very blessed where we have a team, an in-house team that does all the audio editing and all the video editing. So that's, that's great. The other thing for us though, is the podcast is the credibility we need to help other podcasters, right? We're 1,320 episodes in and I get to do this full time now. And I know a lot of people that's their desire. So that credibility in a way, yeah, it is a loss lead, but it's also what gives us the credibility to actually be able to help our clients. That's a big part of it. And the other part of it too is there is a mastery component where we plan on doing seven episodes a week for as long as humanly possible because I want to be the best podcaster I can possibly be. So part of it is also the more episodes I ultimately do, the better I will ultimately become. There's a there's an aspect of that as well that's kind of hidden and uh, I would say not necessarily visible to most people. Okay, so you have been at this for 1,300 episodes, yes. seven days a week. Do you ever say to yourself, oh, man, I can't get up this morning and do it again? <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. I I used to think, and, and maybe you're of this mind, I don't know. I used to think that if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And then I started doing what I love, and it's like, no, no, no. There's still some days where I don't want to get up and get after it. So, yeah, 100%. It's hard to come up with topics. It's hard to come up with stories. But I think it's important to remind yourself, for me at least, that at one point this was all a dream, right? You want to, if you want to be humbled, you got to remember at one point, nobody knew your name and nobody cared what you were doing. And still 99.9% .9 of the population doesn't know your name most likely. So I like that because it, it helps to keep me humble. And it's look, remember why you started this. Remember what it was like when you started. And remember at one point you would have traded everything for what you have today. So you got to keep that top of mind. Do you think you would ever want to go into a broadcast, uh, presentations or will you stay a podcaster? I, I'm probably going to stay a podcaster. I like being, being my own boss and being able to say whatever I want on my own platform. You know, th there's a, there's a freedom there and yeah, I can't imagine ever leaving podcasting. I have another podcast about podcasts and at some point I think I'm going to start another one. Just that's just conversations with interesting humans. That's probably a couple of years down the road, but I just feel like if if you meet me in the streets and you say, what do you do? I say, I'm a podcaster. 
that's like I identify as a podcaster, so I can't imagine that ever going away. And and what and when you identify as a podcaster, what's the reaction? <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting you ask that. It's a lot better than it used to be. Yeah, it used to be. I wouldn't say I would get laughed at, but for many people, the assumption that you're a podcaster means you're broke and you're probably not up to much. Now I, I have this this joke with my wife where when we go to weddings eventually it turns where people start asking me about podcasting and I become kind of like the cool guy at the wedding, which is interesting. I never, I never expected that. So I think in the beginning it was surrounded with doubt. Now I just think it's a novelty, right? I mean, how many people do, do you know that are professional podcasters? So I guess it, I guess it's now cool, which is, which is nice. And it makes me feel good. Where do you see the industry going and where will you be in five years? My goodness, five years, 365 times five. We'll have another almost 2,000 episodes. So we'll be sitting around, uh, you know, almost 4,000 at that point or 3,500. The industry, I think, is going to a place of video more than anything. I think that it's interesting because the industry is created by the outliers. And I think people forget that, right? The, the biggest shows in the world don't play by the same rules as the small shows who just started. So I think it's going to become far more scalable for your average human and far more realistic to make money. There's already things being rolled out where if you have a thousand downloads a month, you can make, I don't know, 15 bucks or something. Again, it's not life-changing money. No, that, that's not even McDonald's money anymore. <laughs> but, you know, in the very beginning... I mean, I've, I've talked to a lot of people who just say, well, we just want to cover our expenses. You know, it's costing us 50 bucks a month. We just want to cover our expenses. Cool. That, that is coming for, for most people. I think the other, the other interesting thing is I do believe when the barrier to entry gets lower, the failure rate gets higher. So it's going to be even easier and easier and easier and easier to start podcasts which means I think in the grand scheme of things, it'll be even harder to last the long road. Now, I see two things there that a would-be podcaster needs. Uh -huh. One, some way to hear the other guy <laughs> and some way for the other guy to hear you. What did you have to go about learning and buying to get underway? In the very beginning, I went to YouTube University and just learned as much as I could on YouTube. And yeah, I bought a I bought an $80 microphone that plugged directly into my laptop. Actually, no, I didn't. I actually had, for the listeners, they won't be able to see this, but I have a mixer here and I have the first mic I ever used right here. And I just, I learned how to audio edit and then I learned how to video edit and then... I, I practice my speaking. I practice my interviewing skills. I try to learn as much as I could about marketing and social media. But in the very beginning, all I had to do was buy an $80 microphone and I bought like a $150 mixer and that was it. I was off to the races from there. It's the, the interesting thing is now it's, you don't even need that. You can use your cell phone. Just grab a pair of headphones. You can talk right into your cell phone and it's easier than it's ever been. Now, why would anybody think that anybody would want to listen to them? <laughs> it's a great, I ask myself daily. Um, I think it's one of those things where you have to, so there's a couple thoughts behind it. One, I've realized that this podcasting journey has been like therapy for me. Really, 
I get to talk about my feelings and I get to talk about what I'm going through into a microphone in front of people every single day. I never understood how much that was actually helping me. So part one is maybe you don't believe people want to listen to what you have to say. Maybe you don't believe what you're saying is valuable. Maybe you're just saying it because you want to get outside your comfort zone. Awesome. Maybe you're saying stuff into the microphone because you want to look back in a year and say, oh, wow, look at how far I've come. I love that for perspective, right? I don't know if there's a better, if you think about it, we journal, and then we look back at our journals. But what if you could hear yourself talking about the stuff that you were journaling about? I think that's that's pretty impactful. And then I think the last thing is you believe at a deep level that you've had some sort of unique life experience that other people would benefit from hearing from. Doesn't mean that you have all the answers. Doesn't mean that you know everything. It just means that you know what you've been through better than most because you've been through what you've been through. So I think it's that. It's when you have a, a unique perspective you can share, it's a wonderful way to share it. Okay, I want you to uh, turn on the memory machine for just a moment. Sure. What was the, as you think back, the most impactful podcast that you've done over these 1,300 episodes? Oh, my goodness. I believe it was episode number 24. Oh, I don't think we need the number, but... <laughs> It was, so I grew up in a town called Uxbridge, Massachusetts, and there was this radio station in Boston called WAAF, and I used to listen to it every single morning back when I was pumping gas, and there was this young lady named Danielle on there, and I loved her. She was awesome. She was positive. She was just an amazing human. Eventually, we got to interview her, so we interviewed somebody who I looked up to as a young man. And we literally got to go to her house and set up our equipment in her home and like hug her and meet her. And, and now she's a, she's a really good friend. So yeah, at one point, somebody I listened to on the radio and was like a, a celebrity to me is now a friend of ours. And we got to interview her at our house and we've actually interviewed her since. So that's probably, that's probably the one for me. What, what's the one you never want to remember? It, one The one I never want to remember never saw the light of day because we killed it immediately after we recorded it. But it was just with a very, a very toxic masculine man who just, he wasn't, he wasn't good for our audience. You know, he said a lot of stuff that I don't think was valuable and I think was coming from a, a toxic place. So we ended up canning the episode, deleting the episode and never speaking to that human again. Again, you're going to have misses, you know, 1,300. They're not all going to go perfect, but that's the one I wish I could forget, and I've tried very hard. So how do you draw other people out to tell your listeners and viewers something that they didn't know and that they, oddly enough, need to know? <laughs> A lot of research. I, th I think that's an interesting perspective is you know, sometimes I'll go on podcasts and they'll say, oh, this is just a conversation and I don't know anything about you. It's like, cool, that's that's a great direction. I love that. My direction has always been, I don't expect to learn anything on the interview. It's my job to deliver value from the guest to the audience. So I want to go in and I want to know absolutely everything about you I can. I don't want to be surprised. I want everybody else to be surprised. So I think it's through building a real safe relationship via the internet which is challenging at times, and then asking real thought-provoking questions that all lead to some sort of end, right? There's some sort of some sort of point for this whole episode. It's my job to get the host there, uh, sorry, to get the guest there. And then I think transparently, 
it's been a little bit easier for us because as we've grown as a podcast, it's been easier to get guests on who are experts in certain fields where it's just like, okay, this person is an expert on finance. This, this isn't going to be hard. We just have to figure out what, what value you want to deliver. So in the beginning, it was how do I ask the most powerful questions possible? And then towards the end or towards the current, it's okay, what is this person an expert on and how do I help them deliver their expertise? Do you go into your interviews with a sheaf of questions and just follow them one, two, three, four, or what? It depends. So we actually haven't done interviews in a long time because of the one of the interviews we wanted to forget. That kind of started. Uh, wow, that must have been one heck of an interview. <laughs> We've had a couple. We've had a couple. It depends on the person. It depends on the person because some people are way more conversational and they're easier to interview. And then other people, they kind of like to stick to like a script and they like to have their training wheels on a little bit more. For me, I like to be more conversational, but I also have a co-host. So if he asks a question that has nothing to do with any of my questions, I can't just say, okay, yeah, tell me about whatever. It, it just doesn't work that way. So I think trying to think of it as what is going to make this the most cohesive experience for the audience, depending on the, the guest, that's the way I try to approach it. How would you improve podcasting? If I gave you the magic wand, mm -hmm. how would you, how would you use it? I would. It's very interesting because podcasting is one of the greatest community builders in the world, but the community does not exist unless you create it. So I would create something on all of the apps where it could literally say Douglas and 15 other people, uh, 1500 other people listen to this episode and you could figure out who listened to the episode that would make life easier for podcasters. That would make life easier for the community of the, the people listening. That would make life easier for advertisers. It would make everything easier for everybody. If you think of YouTube Everybody who comments, you can figure out who it is. All you got to do is click on their profile. So that's what I expect to happen. If I had a magic wand, I'd probably try to make it happen a little bit sooner because I think it would it would raise all, all ships in that. That would make life easier for everybody. Is it uh, soon to be time for you to go to a radio station and do an all-talk show? <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. I think radios are the radio stations are probably going to be gone coming up in the next decade or so. There's no... There's no real reason anymore. You know, I, I don't I don't see them lasting more than a decade, if I had to guess. And what about uh, talk TV? I think that'll last. But I do think that, I don't know, if you think of it, right, what's happening now is there's a sports talk radio show I used to listen to. And now they do a live television show, but it all gets repurposed as a podcast, a podcast episode and a YouTube show. So I think at some point, when it's not worth the viewership anymore, when the numbers dip to the point where it's like, I'd rather have this on demand, that's when that stuff will probably start going away. But it doesn't mean they won't be successful. And it doesn't mean they won't have a larger audience. If you think about it, the younger generation, I don't know how much live television they actually consume. You know, Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, YouTube, there's a lot of that going on. So I think it'll end up being more on demand is my guess. Well, we have wandered all over the pasture <laughs> with uh, our questions and the answers today. What would you like to uh, give to our listeners and viewers 
that I haven't been bright enough to ask you. <laughs> well, you're, you've been very bright, Douglas. I'm very grateful. I would just say, at the end of the day, people want to hear more about you. Not everybody, but there are certain people who want to learn more about you. And if they learned more about you, they'd be more interested in you. So find a way to share your story, share your message, share your passion, share your purpose, share your pain. I think there's uh, there's plenty of room to do that around the world between podcasting and other platforms. And you never know. You might meet a bunch of people just like you. And where can our listeners and viewers listen and watch you? I appreciate that. All you got to do is search Next Level University. We're on all the podcast platforms and we're on YouTube as well. You'll either love us or you'll hate us because we produce so much content and that's totally fine. If we're not for you, no worries at all. If we are for you, welcome to the family. And we need to get that uh, university uh, sweatshirt. Do you have a bookstore <laughs> we can go to? Not yet, Douglas. I'll, I'll send you one. You'll be the first one to get it. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> You've been watching the Biz News Podcast. We welcome your input. Send your email to editor at biznews.com. Thanks for watching. Thank you.